Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. Estamos en vivo. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. It's Super Bowl time, and the teams are heading to Vegas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your Super Bowl odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. So head to Bet Online to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, Sangrones. We are going live. And we, oh, we already got some people on the live here. I love it. I be stroking with one of the best names on there. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jose Ayala, perdón. Perdón, Jose. Uh, saludos, Sangrones. Let's get this show started. Roy Estrada is on. Dennis Gonzalez. How we doing tonight? Okay, we're doing fantastic. Um, let's start off with this topic, opening topic. Oh, okay. Before we go to the, the topics tonight, I just want to remind you guys, we talked to friend of the Cadena James Outman. Okay. That interview that we had with James Outman is going to debut baby face. I'm going to give you the, the floor so you can explain where people can watch our interview with James Outman. So it's going to premiere right here on YouTube. Hopefully we'll time this up perfectly once we end this show. It'll premiere at 8.30 is the next one. The Outman interview is scheduled to go. So once we wrap this up, stick around because then you go right into the James Outman interview. So just keep that in mind, guys. Once this live ends, then the James Outman interview, you will only be able to watch it on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, now would be a good time to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Let's uh, uh, Moose is on here. Let's go. Que paso, Mr. Seapad. I love this. East East LA Cholos Unite. Go Doyers. Alfonso, saludos. Checking in from work. He's at work at Culver City. I, I hope that you don't get in trouble, Alfonso. Uh, all right. So, and Simeon. All right, then. Uh, oh, Simeon, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. She, she'll be in our thoughts here. Uh, Val Reyes, what's up, Lidlo's family? Okay, here we go. Let's get to the topics here. Uh, I want to start with this right now. Um, Canelo, are the Dodgers done making deals? Spring training is next week. Well, it officially pitchers and catchers will report on the ninth. Do we expect any more deals from the Dodgers between now and next Friday? Or is this pretty much the team that the Dodgers are going to go into? And I only say it because of this. And I, 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 you have thoughts on this, Canelo. Uh, and that is, so Chris Taylor was interviewed by uh, our friend Doug over at Dodgers Nation. And Chris Taylor said something that I thought was like, it caught my interest. And I'm wondering if it caught anybody else's attention. And that's when he said, I don't know how, where my fit is going to be on this team. 
Now, I'm sure he was referring to, I don't know what position I'm going to be playing. I don't know if I'm going to be in the outfield or I'm going to be in the infield. Uh, I know Babyface and I were talking offline about this and being like, uh, there aren't going to be any more trades. Canelo, let me know. Are the Dodgers done? Is this who the team that we're seeing now, that's who it's going to report to spring training? I think it's a safe bet um, to say that they probably are, for the most part, done. Um, at least in the position player market, I think they're pretty much 100% done unless bearing any last second changes, whether it's free agency or in the trade market. You know, throughout this entire offseason, the only team that seems to have been active have been the Dodgers. You know, they have made improvements in the starting rotation, the the offense. The only one thing they really haven't touched on has been their bullpen, which is where a lot of these reporters like Ken Rosenthal have been reporting that that's probably the last thing that they're looking to touch up. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes sense just because we saw how the bullpen was in the first half of last year, where it was pretty much horrible until Ryan Brazier ended up pretty much solving a lot of the issues. So um, I think it's a safe bet to say that they are done. Um, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if they made another move because you know, there's just so many free agents that are still out there. And I think it's going to be really interesting, not just for the Dodgers, but just for every team around baseball right now, where, how many of these free agents, especially these big ones, like these last four that are left, um, how many of them are going to wait until, will they wait until pitchers and catchers report? Will they wait until like spring training games start? Like how long are like the cat and mouse game? Who's going to break first, the teams or the the players in terms of like Cody Bellinger, um, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, and a whole bunch of other role players. Um, so the Dodgers could be active in that and take advantage, but there's just going to be a lot of other teams that are going to be active in these next probably couple of days to a week. This was very rude of me, guys. I, I didn't, uh, for those of you that are listening to the audio portion and not watching us on the live, but joining us, of course, is Canelo Cody Snavely. And then the president of the Ted Cruz fan club, Alonzo, is also joining us here. Uh, Alonzo, I, I, I want to go to you. Are you, do we make anything out of what Chris Taylor said when, when Tris, Chris Taylor goes, I, I don't know what my fit is going to be on this team? For the record, Juan's mad that I said that I figured out what reminded me of him, and it was a video of Ted Cruz, so suck it. How dare you, sir? You have crossed the line there. How dare you basically call me a turd, a flaming turd? You compared me to a flaming turd, and you don't want me to be offended by that? Calm down, bat boy. Calm down. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't think they're going to trade Chris. I, I think, I think I agree with cinnamon where, where, uh, the position player kind of situations resolved. If they're going to make any more moves, I think it's going to be towards the bullpen. Obviously they signed James Paxton, uh, like, like a week ago. Um, and it became final after some adjustments. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, I, I mean, ultimately, I think if they're going to make any more moves to the the bench, the lineup, anything like that, uh, at this point, I think it'll be at the deadline. Um, just at this point, it's just one of those. They already got it filled out. They kind of know what they have to work with. I think what Chris was alluding to is just where his role is going to be. You know, obviously, he's not going to play every day, so he's he's a part of the depth. And where where is that going to be? I think that's a great question, too, because I don't really know where he'll play. I mean, I, I would assume – He's going to play a lot more infield than he did last year, um, but uh, but we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But uh, but no, I think I think we're reading too much into that. 
And if they are going to make a move, it's going to be, you know, for the back end. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought back Ryan Brazier. Uh, Alonzo, you've been in clubhouses. Is it unusual that they haven't had a conversation with Chris Taylor yet uh, going into spring training of like, this is the plan that we see you in? Or is that a conversation that is reserved for when they report to camp? Uh, that'll be when they get to camp, just because of all the moves that have happened. You know, everything, obviously the off season that they've had, you know, they're, they're going to show up and, and kind of have those conversations with those guys to let them, you know, obviously as camp dwindles down, you figure out who is going to make the club and who's not. And from there, you kind of, you kind of figure out your role. So I'm not overly surprised that's happened. Uh, if anything, um, you know, that's kind of par for the course. And so, so with all that said, like I said, I would be the only thing I would expect is, you know, I mean, I know there's, there's reports out there of a reunion with, uh, with Kenley uh, that I, I think that could happen. Like I said, Ryan Brazier is an, another option. I don't think that at this point they're going to trade for class A. I think the ask is, is too high, but crazier things have happened because the Dodgers signed Shohei Otani. Okay, ya vamos a empezar con cosas. Here comes Victor Fuentes. Is it me or does Alonso look like Victor Gonzalez? Right. <laughs> just, just because Alonso has the the native hair? I mean, come on, guys. Uh, but look, th this has already been brought up in the chat, so let's get into it because it was a topic that I wanted to cover. And that is, I know Victor Fuentes had said, we need a closer. And then Roy Estrada came in. I'm thinking there's something going on with making room for Kike. If he did not think he, I did not think he had a shot with the Dodgers, he would sign somewhere else. Alonzo, you brought it up. You mentioned Jansen. What is it with these rumors that the Dodgers are going to, are thinking, I, I mean, I see this narrative that the Dodgers are thinking of, or interested in a trade for Jansen and that somehow geek is holding out because there is a chance that he'll sign with the Dodgers. But in order for that to happen, there's the phantom Manuel Margot. Like I've seen Manuel Margot before. I know he exists, but ever since he got to the Dodgers, he seems to be in the witness protection program. So I know there's these conspiracy theories that Margot is going to be traded. So Alonzo, any truth to maybe Taylor Margot are out and then the Dodgers sign Kike or they're going to trade to bring Jansen back? I mean, what is this all bullshit? Uh, first of all, the comment of the night so far is from JR. I don't have glasses on, so I can barely see the screen. So I apologize. Uh, Lance Lynn, Victor Gonzalez, and Canelo Alvarez referring to the three of us. Bro, you all called Lance Lynn. <laughs> wow, I got... Man, I'm just taking it on the chin tonight. Sure. I got Ted Cruz. I got Lance Lynn. And I'm going to stop everyone right now, okay? If I get a Joey Fat One comparison, you guys are too late because all my boys in Chicago already call me Joey Fat One. So, anyways, Alonzo. Jose Pantolo, no? Um, so, uh, I think, I mean, obviously, the Kike reunion, I, I think everyone would agree that that would, to a certain degree, make sense. I just don't think it makes sense now because they've already filled out the roster kind of position player wise with what they need. Um, so, I mean, Chris Taylor, no disrespect to CT three, I think is going to be a, he's a, an elite death option. And what I mean by that is he can play so many positions that you don't really have to like worry about platooning this, that, or the other. And he's got a pretty clutch bat. So, I mean, that's kind of what you want out of a bench guy to begin with. I, I think the Kike ship has sailed. I, I, I think, more than that, I mean, there's there's rumors out there that he made sign to a little brother to the 
to in your neighborhood, Anaheim. Uh, he may sign there. And, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad fit for him either. But I, I think that ship has sailed. I mean, the, the Kenley thing, if I'm completely honest, isn't necessarily a bad thing because you're looking for a high leverage guy anyway. And it's one of those that it's not going to be as expensive as going out and getting a class A, obviously not as expensive as a hater, but it's one of those where he already knows the system. He knows kind of what the role would be. He's a pro's pro. He's a veteran. So it would make sense because that's kind of what you want in the bullpen. The bullpen wasn't bad either, by the way, let's just get that out out there too. This bullpen, Cody will remember this number probably better than I will. I think their, their ERA was like three point like two or three point three something like that. It was as as a collective, it wasn't bad. So it's not like that they need they need to necessarily make a move per se. But at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt to have arms, right? Yeah. No, I, I, Canelo, come in here because I know you have thoughts. But before uh, you come in on this, because I know you're getting ready to eat rocks uh, right now with that Jansen trade. Uh, but I want to just uh, acknowledge Kevin Dodgers Guerra saying that Juan looks like Shohei Otani. Orale, there that's we go. Shut the fuck up. That's I, I like your thinking, Kevin. I like your thinking. That's right. That's, that's right. Okay. That is fake news. Sorry, that is fake news. Correct me if I'm wrong, Canelo. Did you not say earlier, see, Mr. Seabat, I knew it was coming. Joey equals Joey, uh, Juan equals Joey, fat one. All you NSYNC fans, I know you're going to come in here. I'm just, you're late on it. All my, all my brothers in Chicago have already been calling me Joey, fat one. But Canelo, didn't you say earlier that if Jansen ended up on the Dodgers, you were going to eat rocks or you were going to eat a hat or what were you going to do? Yeah, you know, uh, self-harm was potentially <laughs> in effect if he is traded here. I, I agree with Alonzo, though. I wouldn't hate the move because I think when you look at it on paper, if the Dodgers say they have a need for a high-leverage-slash-closer pitcher and Jansen's available, in terms of the affordable arms that are out there that you can get via trade and salary, Jansen fits those descriptions. I just personally don't think because you got to think of the mental aspect to coming back to how bad we left on terms with Jansen, um, just because of all the you know we every Dodger fan when you bring up his name they just remember the World Series blown games you know the 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 to the point where the Dodgers didn't even trust him to close out the World Series. That's how bad that relationship got. Um, it makes sense in a vacuum. I, I think the Dodgers do need to move on. Um, I would say their best bet is to look elsewhere at the trade deadline or just let one of these younger pitchers that are in the minor league just come up and fill a role. Um, do they want to do a closer by committee? Um, again, I, I don't know. I'm kind of in the same boat where I do think, especially in the bullpen, you do need like defined roles. I guess I'm a little old fashioned that way, which is why I, I, I do like Evan Phillips as a closer, but you know, Kenley Jansen, it makes sense. I, I could see it realistically happening just because the Red Sox and the Dodgers, for whatever reason, are like huge trade partners in the better half of 10 years where they've made at least three or four trades um, and big trades, too. And especially salary dump trades, because, you know, the Red Sox, when they sent over Josh Beckett, Adrian Gonzalez, all these guys, you know, that was a salary dump for them. And Jansen, by all accounts, would be a salary dump, too, where they're saying that they may even eat half of his salary, his $60 million salary, just to get him off their books because, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but here on the East Coast, the Red Sox are a small market team now. So um, apparently they they don't want to uh, have a payroll at all. 
Hey, Alonzo, I want to DJ Jesse just came in here with a comment of Kyle Hurt in the bullpen. We also those memorable two innings that Kyle Hurt had last year, right? And I know everybody's excited about Kyle Hurt. If this somehow this Jansen thing happened, I, I mean, how concerned are you that Jansen will take opportunities maybe from these young guys? And and maybe these young guys in the bullpen are are just not ready and maybe they need a little more time and acquiring somebody like Jansen will give them that time uh, that they need. And that doesn't mean we won't see them at the end of the season. But you mentioned it, Alonzo. The bullpen is pretty good. Where did this narrative come up that the Dodgers need a closer? I, I know Evan Phillips wasn't the Evan Phillips from the previous year. But they didn't have a closer last year, and they won 100 games. Putting your Andrew Friedman cap on, the way I'm thinking is, okay, we went out and we got Yamamoto. Went out and got Shirley. Went out and got Glasnow. Went out and got Teoscar Hernandez. We went out and got another starter, James Paxton. Cool. These are kind of defined roles, right? Defined positions, defined whatever. Your bench is, for the most part, position player-wise set. The next thing you really have to hammer out is your bullpen, kind of what's what. You moved on from Yancey Almonte. You're you're adding kind of some pieces in there to make sure, you know, to kind of define those roles. To me, if the expectation is to win now, right? So if you're going to win now, you have to have some of those roles defined. You're going to, like, the closer by committee, I don't think is going to happen. I think they're going to determine someone is a closer. A part of that is, is because if, if you're going to win and win now, then that's a part of what you have to have. You have to have a defined starting rotation, defined kind of, you know, where your bullpens go to, and it's not a closer by committee. That's just, I mean, it, is it sustainable? Sure, but not really. So I, I ultimately think Kenley makes a sen- makes sense in a lot of ways because fiscally it's only eight more million if the if it's true that they're going to need half of his deal. He'd be a, a free agent after this year anyway, so he could be a stopgap for potentially, I don't know, Dustin May you know, coming back in 25, assuming he doesn't try to pitch this year. Um, that I know that's a wild take, but at the end of the day, I mean, I think Dustin May, I think we all agree, is going to wind up being a reliever of some sort. Um, and, and even in that, Kenley is, is all things considered, like with what Cody said, he left on not the greatest of terms, right? All things considered, he's still one of the best closers in Dodgers history. So you, you can't take that away from him because you know what he's, you know what he's bringing to the table. And so why would you kind of, you know, if there is that option that's a stopgap, why not go after it to make it work for now? And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, Evan Phillips still made it work, right? I I want to go back to the chat because we got some, uh, we got two no- nominees for the Me Gusta Quemar Garra uh, Award. And that is Michael Negrete with, who's Manuel Margot? Is he hanging out with Danny Duffy? That's uh, Michael. That that's fan. I applaud you for that. That's fantastic, Mister Seapad. Jansen is the girl who called you Joey Fat One, and now she wants you back. No way. Yes, Mister Seapad. Um, hey, R- yes, real sir. quick, you know, you know who uh, Margot has been hanging out with? I saw on his Instagram today, Randy R- Riceroni. So, hopefully, that pays some dividends. You know, if he comes to the Dodgers, right? So, so what what are you saying there, babyface? That Margot is going to convince. Uh, well, hey, no, Amanda, I, trade because they're going to trade me. I'm no, out of here. Ho- I haven't I'm, even made an appearance yet. I'm, I'm out of here. Randy, Randy, you know, you know, molds them, you know, into another, another Randy, basically in Manny. 
Look, you guys know I love uh, Randy Rice Arena, Las Botas de Poder. But even I'm like, where do you put him? I, I mean, you just signed the Oscar. Uh, I, I mean, look, for me, in terms of position players, I, I think they're set. It's, it's about how they're going to fortify the bench uh, and the, 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 the positions in the bullpen, how the bullpen is going to work its way out. Moose has a, it's a name that I think this is a big year for him because when they signed Fayerson, everybody was like, and, and Moose is saying it, Fayerson is being slept on. He's going to surprise Dodger fans. He's a hell of a weapon. When the Dodgers signed him last year, everybody said that was a move for this year. So again, I, I thought the Dodgers, the bullpen was kind of a position of strength for them. And it doesn't seem like Friedman likes to overpay for for relievers uh i think that's the reason why brazier hasn't been signed i mean they're gonna sign him at, at his at his own price so i i think of you know in, in those kind of situations it, it's just interesting um dennis gonzalez i i want to go to your comment because it's going to lead us into our our next topic here dennis uh saying Respectfully, we should pass on the Kenley reunion. He can join Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger as Anaheim Angels. Canelo, the number of unsigned free agents, we are now, like, pitchers and catchers are reporting next week. Are are we going to see this change? I, I mean, Cody Bellinger is still out there. Blake Snell is still out there. Are these guys, are they going to get what they want? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like it reminds me of the 2019 offseason where at least at that time we saw like two players wait pretty long into the in the offseason with Harper and Machado. Harper didn't even sign until I think camp already broken out. And then he went and joined up the Phillies in like like beginning of February. Um, but yeah, I like, like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, I I think it probably will with some of these players go into maybe saying when they get ready to start games and um, obviously Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger are the ideal candidates for that. And I, it is the Scott Boris effect, I guess, but you know, Bellinger has a number he wants. He has a number of years that he wants. Blake Snell is also on that same boat as well. And a lot of these teams are very skeptical of even giving them anywhere close to that um, for Cody Bellinger's market. It seems like it's like just falling apart. Apparently only one team is interested. So they're not going to bid against themselves, and and that's the Chicago Cubs, where pretty much every beat reporter, like large media outlet reporter, like Bob Nightingale, Ken Rosenthal, they all think he's going to go back to the Cubs. But the Cubs aren't going to just throw out two hundred and fifty million dollars to Bellinger. They're going to say, "All right, if we're the only team interested, we're going to wait you out." So it may be the first year that maybe Scott Boras kind of loses the battle in terms of free agency, which would be pretty interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, you know, both those guys, they sound like angels. I mean, if anyone's going to overpay for some guys, it would be the angels. And I've seen them do it pretty much since I've watched baseball. So, uh, especially Blake Snell, who that's, who is extremely like interested. Uh, the angels are interested in him because they do need pitching and they, it seems like they would be the team to overpay and meet Blake Snell's asking price. If I was running a team, I wouldn't really want to go with either of these guys in, in terms of the deals they're seeking. So 
I would wait them out too. But in terms of like the role player guys that are looking for one year deals, something like that, we're starting to see a lot of those fall. You know, Justin Turner, he just signed with the Blue Jays on a one year deal. Uh, but then there's some surprising guys. You know, JD Martinez, I expected him to get at least a two year, three year deal. And a lot of people around baseball are saying he may only get a one year deal again which is extremely unfortunate just because of the numbers he put up last year. So um, it's going to be an interesting next couple of days to see if the market heats up, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't sign until like maybe mid February. Alonso, before I go to you, uh babyface, you said you have some news on, on Julio Urias. You're on mute babyface. Yeah. There's okay. a tweet I just saw. Let me see if I can bring it up, but it looks like, from it says a couple of days ago, but I I just seen it. Um, let me bring it up real quick. But it looks like uh, he's basically. Let me let me read it. it says the uh, the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks are in advanced negotiations with 27 year old starting left handed pitcher Julio Urias. MLB teams are fearing backlash from fans if they sign Urias and they will not take a gamble on him. So let me let me post the tweet this so you guys can look at it. All right, but wait, what is this guy's background that, that that's reporting this? Because Major League Baseball hasn't even made a decision so, on, so this, on Julio. So this guy is uh, Han Song Jan News, uh, NPB, MLB, KBO, and CBO uh, Baseball Insider, it says. So uh, I don't know who he is exactly, but it is some news that's coming out. Uh, maybe we should check with Jiho. Can we can we talk with Jiho? Because I, I, Alonso, I mean, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, wouldn't you wait for Major League Baseball to make their decision before you start negotiating for, with an international league? I mean, I'm not saying I, I don't know anything with what's going on with Julio, but if it were me and I haven't received a single Major League offer, I would look elsewhere. I mean, that's that's what I would do, assuming that's he wants to play this year. I assume he wants to play this year. Um, so I, I mean, if it were me, I would look elsewhere for employment, but, but I digress. That's just me. Because you are the hardest working Mexican Jamaican. We know him lazy. He only have three job. Hey, Canelo. I mean, am I wrong in this thinking? Like, wouldn't you wait to see what major league baseball is going to do? Or like Alonzo said, Hey, I need a job. Uh, I'm going to go where anybody's offering me a job. I mean, I, I mean, I could see both sides, but I'm probably just going to agree with Alonzo. I think Julio probably just sees the writing on the walls. You know, we, we touched on it a couple episodes back where, you know, there hasn't been a guy that's been suspended for domestic violence twice. He, he'll be the first guy. And we've already seen, you know, the Trevor Bauer instances and stuff like that, like multiple offenders or big time offenders. They MLB won't go easy on, on their punishments. So, um, People were throwing around maybe a whole year suspension, maybe even a two-year suspension. You never know with this type of thing. So he probably is just seeing that he's at least going to miss the year. He probably, if this is true, it's probably like a one-year deal on the international market. That way he can at least still pitch competitively. That way if he does want to come back to the MLB, he can try to take the Trevor Bauer approach and go on an apologetic tour. Um, it really, You really just don't know. But as far as it looks like, in my opinion, I think his baseball career in America is probably over. So if he can still play internationally, whether that's in Japan, Korea, anywhere else, Australia, Mexico, he'll take those op- opportunities. Uh, I don't so know. There's, there's I, a tweet one right there. 
I, I, I see the tweet now. I'm still sus on uh, on this, but I, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. Uh, Alonzo, I want to go back to you on on Blake Snell and and Cody Bellinger. Um, I, I know Canelo said mid-February he thinks those deals get done. Uh, but at this point, who who is is there any sense of panic right now? Because it seems like major league baseball teams, I'm getting the vibe like it's okay, we can wait this out. I mean, we got other people we don't need to give you what you got. I mean, at, at this point, are they gonna call players bluffs? Like, how soon do players start panicking? Because we all know that these guys are creatures of habit and be like, hey, I should be at spring training by now, you know. No, I mean, listen, I, I think I mean Scott Boris has not had a great offseason. <laughs> like we can we can point that out. I mean, even with the James Paxton thing, um, that that didn't pan out all that great. I mean, I think with with Cody, I I think he probably priced himself out of a lot of teams. And I mean, I ultimately I thought all along him and the Cubs were the ideal marriage. So I just don't know why. Well, I know why you, you have the opportunity to be a free agent, try to get the bag elsewhere. But I mean, the market market dictates what the other teams are willing to offer you. Right. And when that market dwindles, well, then that's, what's going to dictate what you're going to get. And ultimately I think that's, you know, kind of where he's at. I mean, a, a guy that I think of a lot with these sorts of situations is Dallas Keuchel. When Dallas Keuchel held out for, I think he wanted like a, like a $200 million deal or something like that. Uh, you know, he waited and waited and waited and well, he didn't get that deal. Um, you know, he, that's where it ended up, you know, kind of where it ended up being where he got the less, the lesser of the bag and he sat where he sat and he ended up, ended up where he ended up. So, I mean, I think ultimately it'll be a similar situation uh, for him where, I mean, cause I think Keiko got like three years, like 50, something like that, like a lot less than what he originally wanted. And so I think Bellinger will be in the same boat. Um, the Blake Snell one is interesting to me because the, we, we talked about it all off season and Cody, I, I think mentioned this too. The starting rotation market was not great this off season. It was a very kind of after a couple guys, it just blah, plummeted really hard. And the fact that Snell hasn't signed with anyone is kind of surprising. I mean, the only thing I could think of is that, like this dude wants like $350 million or something crazy like that. But the fact that he hasn't even signed a, I don't know, like a three-year, $110, $150 million a year, kind of like what Trevor Bauer did. You know, obviously it's a little more than what Trevor got. I'm still kind of surprised by that. So to me, that that implies, and this is just assumption, I don't know, that he's holding out for years. Um, and if he is, then, you know, so be it. But that's this market didn't really call for that, right? Outside of a couple of cats this wasn't the market to kind of be in. So that's, what's been interesting to see kind of with those guys. I, I do find it interesting because it's like, I, at least with Bellinger, I don't think we've gotten a number in terms of what he's asking for. I know the Blake Snell number has been very well thrown out there, but while it looks like, Oh, you know, things are not looking too good for those particular players. One thing I do want to report is I think Justin Turner won his offseason because with the option that he took from the Red Sox, he got six million there. Now, if he would have picked up the option, he would have gotten 13 million from the Red Sox. Well, he got six million from the Red Sox, and then he went inside with the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays gave him 13 million. So Justin Turner is making 19 million dollars this year. 
And Justin Turner had a good season last year. And I, and I know, and Babyface, you, we've been talking about this, like, oh, it's it sucks that Justin Turner is going to end his career bouncing from team to team. But, like, he had a good season last year for the Red Sox. So if I was Justin Turner, I would be thinking to myself, I'm not done. I, I should still be able to play and I can make money. Alonso, come on in. Let's also not forget he deferred some money with the Dodgers. So he's in, he had some of that deferral money from, for the yeah, next this year. Yeah, uh, from from the Dodgers on top of that. So good for you, JT. Yeah, I thought JT played that right. Uh, Canelo, your thoughts on this? I know you're the big contract guy. Yeah, I when he opted out of the deal, we I was kind of like, all right, does he want just more money for a one year contract, or does he want a multi year deal? I would say he wanted probably both when the start of the all season. But then the way things have, you know, we've seen, we've been talking about it. How, how they went down, he probably figured he wasn't getting a multi-year deal, like a two-year deal at his age. So just go ahead, take the one-year deal, get the guaranteed money. You got the buyout money. You got the deferral money from the Dodgers. And, you know, he's joined a Blue Jays team that made the postseason. You know, they have a really good pitching staff. They have a decent offense. You know, they are a playoff team. And we could see JT representing the Blue Jays in the playoffs uh, next year. So I think that's something that's big for him as well, um, because I think when you're at that age in your career, you know, he probably wants to be with a winning organization. And I feel like nobody wants to be involved with the Red Sox right now. So he's just taking the next bet saying, I'm just going to go north of the border. So, I mean, hats off to him. You know, I think it's a good sign for the Blue Jays. He's not going to be that defensive guru around the infield, but He's going to be a solid DH. Plug him in at first. Plug him in at second. Hell, plug him in at third. You know he'll be he'll be fine. Well, did did you guys see the uh, MLB uh, Network Shredder top ten third basements right now? Guess who's yeah. number ten? <laughs> Justin Turner. Wait, I I thought that was Alec Baum. No, that was a. I think it was like a an analyst released it. The official Shredder one that was released like an uh, hour ago, and he was ten. So third base, and even though he played first base for the Red Sox last year, yeah, he barely played any games at third. So a lot of people were very were critiquing that that uh, that uh, list. And the Blue Jays, I don't know if they've outright said it, but they pretty much said he's going to be their primary DH um, unless they make any other moves. But um, like I said, I, I don't think they've officially said anything. A lot of people just involved are like, yeah, he's their DH, occasional spot start at first, and then maybe third. Um, so yeah. Uh, another nominee for Me Gusta Quemar Garra, uh, Oscar Basulta, uh, Basulto with uh, JT will hit a walk-off off of Jansen in Game 7. Just watch. That's usually <laughs> how it works. Um, uh, let me, uh, Alonso, I, I want to, before we, we, we switch gears, I do want to get your thoughts here on the Justin Turner thing because I thought J.D. Martinez was maybe a target for the Blue Jays. Now, the Blue Jays end up going one year with Justin Turner, which I don't think is too shabby. But what do you think J.D. is looking? Is he looking for those multiple years? I mean, I would think so. I mean, it's not like – I mean, listen, a bat always goes a long way, right, whether it's a bench piece or or like a, a, you know, a regular DH, everyday DH. Uh, that's not a bad asset to have. So, the, I mean, the only thing that stands out to me is that J.D. wants a multiple-year deal. I mean, I do I think he earned a multiple year deal? 
I think the verdict is out on that. I think you could say, yeah, you know, with the season he had last year, he had a little bit of a rejuvenation year, then I think he'd be worthy of a, of a couple year deal. Right. But, um, but I mean, again, it's, if it's like the Blake Snell thing, I think I saw someone in the comments say, I don't think this is what JD is doing, but I mean, if, if JD is going out there asking for like a four year deal, I don't think he'll get that. But I think, you know, three year, two year, I don't think is completely out of the question. It also just depends on the dollar, right? Like if he's asking for, you know, 16 plus million a year, which I could definitely see him doing, then that might be a problem for multiple years. But, but I mean, I, I think in the right system, I think that dude makes a lot of sense to your point. The blue Jays would have made a lot of sense for him, but JT makes a lot of sense too. Cause he can, you know, fill in stopgap at third base every once in a while. And, you know, that's a pretty, that's not a bad hitters park either. Like I, like when I was there, I saw them play the Red Sox and then some of those guys hit bombs that had no business hitting bombs. And so it's one of those where it's like, eh, you know, it, so, so I think it, that's a win for Toronto, but I am still surprised that JD doesn't have a job currently. Um, Dennis Gonzalez brings something up. And so this, uh, this brings up a, a nominee for Dije Lo Que Dije. I want to go to Canelo because I think Canelo had a very strong take on Jock Peterson signing with the, with, with the Serpientes. Uh, for those of you who missed uh, Canelo's rant, uh, I go to you, sir. Uh, you are as far as basically disowning Jock as, as a Dodger for him signing with the Serpientes. The floor yeah. is yours, sir. Yeah. I, I'm out on Jock. Um, I loved him when he was on the Dodgers. But that's the thing, you know. It, it's cool to have relationships with the players and, you know, like have a favorite player. But, you know, I like the team. On the front of the jersey, that's what I'm, I'm rooting for. But I just think Jock, over this course, you know, he gets traded to Atlanta, goes off against the Dodgers in the NLCS, then immediately signs with the Dodgers' historic rival, and then immediately after that signs with the team that just eliminated them out of the uh, the playoffs and uh, uh, just past year. And it was a sweep. And I, I don't think, when I read the comments that he said, I don't think... I would have hated as much if I, I forget what it was, but the first sentence was fine. He was like, oh, well, money doesn't guarantee you anything. I'll be like, that's true. Yeah, money doesn't guarantee you everything. I've seen it all the time. It was just the other stuff. After he was like, you know, he said something about Patrick Mahomes being an underdog. I said, who the fuck thinks Patrick Mahomes is an underdog? I've said the entire NFL postseason, this guy is not an underdog. I told Alonzo that the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl off air, and that's what happened. So I wanted to just, I was like, all right, Jock, Maybe this is why Tommy Pham slapped you. I, I don't know if you're saying stuff like that, but yeah, I'm out. Like he's on, the, he's on the D-backs now. They are the NL champion. They have gotten better. Uh, they, I would say if you rank like top three off seasons, they're probably right behind the Dodgers in terms of improvement. And they are a threat to the Dodgers, even though all the moves we've made, they still, we can't take them lightly. So I'm just interested. I'm just curious why they went with Jock Peterson over JD Martinez. I thought that was just, like writing on the wall. I thought that looked like the perfect fit. That's where I thought JD was going to go, especially as the all season was playing along. But uh, yeah, you know, Jock, Jock's on the D backs now out on the Dodgers. I'm, I'm not with it. Uh, Babyface, We just got a response from Jock for an invite to come on the show. And uh, <laughs> his response says, what the fuck did I ever do to that guy? Why, why is that guy going on? Uh, Alonzo. Uh, I think he tried to slap Cody from, we're, From afar, we're, yeah, were, yeah. Were you in that fantasy league too, Canelo? Is, I is may have way? been. Yeah, I put in some notes. I told I was, I was hyping fam up. I was like, yo, someone's got to say something. Like someone's got to say something. But 
I think Canelo had Mahomes in that league. I think that's what was happening. Uh, Alonso, are, are your feelings as strong as Canelo's? Are you also out on Jock for basically, or are you waiting for him to sign with either the Showpods or the Rockies before you go, I'm done with this dude? No, go get your fucking bag, Jock. Like, fuck Cody. Like, who cares about that? <laughs> but at the end of the day, my man, we're, we're sitting here talking for, for pennies. He's playing for millions. Who cares? Like, who fucking cares? No, I, I, I don't think I don't think it's anything more than just that's who offered him probably the most amount of money, and that's why he took that deal. I mean, it's a fair deal. It's not anything I would say to, you know, like we were talking about J.D. Martinez. I mean, I assume J.D., obviously wanted a raise from the 10 million he made last year. So he's probably looking between I'd say 12 and 16, but Jock got, I mean, technically got the what nine and a half, something like that, a little under 10. It's a great deal for him. It's a one-year deal. I know he's got that mutual option for 25. I mean, he's, you know, we also have to remember he's only 32. So he can still potentially, if he goes into the thing, he can opt out and get himself a nice little multi-year deal to end his career. Like, Hey, Good for you, Jock. But no, I, I don't take it as personal as Cody does. Cody, I could see how red Cody was getting from afar. And initially, I thought it was because Jock slapped the piss out of him through the internet. <laughs> uh, I, 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 Sangrones, I'm throwing this out to you guys because I think maybe we should create an award. So if you catch the most strays in an episode, we might call it the Danny Duffy Award. Uh, <laughs> because Michael Negrete over here with Speaking Danny Duffy. Strays. Uh, yeah, Danny Duffy's catching a lot of strays on the show today. But Michael Negrete, Danny Duffy found Anthony Rendon on the injured list. Let's go, Angels. All right, Michael Negrete. Um, I, I want to go to to Nando's comment here. If Paxton is damaged goods, then the Dodgers should really consider Lusardo. Uh, Canelo, I want to go to you because you have an update on, on James Paxton's contract. Uh, Canelo, what can you tell us about the contract? Yeah, so it was originally reported to be, I believe they were saying 11 million guaranteed could earn up to 12 or 13 million. Um, turns up they they had a little bit of hiccup with some injury history with his physical. Um, nothing too dramatic that would prevent the Dodgers from officially signing, in which they've already announced um, on all their social media. So that'd be awkward. Um, but yeah, so it is a four million base salary with a three million dollar signing bonus with a shit ton of incentives. So he's pretty much getting incentives just to, I guess, walk onto the opening day roster. You know, he gets 600 K for each of six, eight, 10, 12, or 16 starts. And he gets $1 million for 18 starts. So they're just saying, Hey dude, make your pass through the rotation through the whole year. You'll get a a million dollars. There you go. Looks good. Um, two, two million. If he makes a 26 man roster on either the, the Korea opening day roster or the American opening day roster. Cause there's, I guess there's two, there's technically two separate ones because they do come back and play some spring training exhibition games with the angels. And then the official regular season, I guess opens up. Um, and then if he meets all of his bonuses that I didn't mention, then he would earn up to $13 million. So if at all, you know, it doesn't work out, say he tears something is injured, throughout the entire year it's only a seven million dollar commitment so it's not too big of like a commitment it's only a one-year deal um and it also gets them just underneath that third tier of the luxury tax threshold which if any signing of goes over that third tier you're not just paying that base salary in terms of the cbt you're paying that 110 percent 
of that salary. So pretty much double and some change. Um, so that's something that uh, the Dodgers are going to have to consider because, you know, spending like that year in, year out, it, it isn't sustainable. You know, you can go ask the New York Mets what they think about it. So um, I think it's a good deal still. It, if the Dodgers aren't worried with the injury, you know, I'm I'm not. But, you know, we've seen them take this same chance for so many pitchers in the past five, six years. They're, there's some risk, but they get the most baseball out of the player. Uh, Alonzo, is is this why maybe we didn't see that much competition for James Paxton? Uh, these injuries concerns and the Dodgers just the Dodgers don't care because this is just they're out there collecting as many pitchers as they can to get them through the regular season. Well, I mean, he does have a history of being injury prone over the last few years. And also he's 35. So we're not talking about a young buck here. Like my back hurts just because I'm fucking awake. So, so I get it. So once you're over a certain age of 30, you know, there's, there's aspects that come with it, but I honestly, I don't even think it's his arm. The reason I don't think it's his arm. If it was his arm, I just think they would have kiboshed the entire deal. Um, Last year he had a hamstring issue. So in hamstrings, they're, they're kind of a pain. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's kind of lingering. Um, Again, we don't know what the, what the injury is. Well, I'm sure at some point we'll find out what it is. But it wouldn't surprise me if that's what it is. It's hamstring related. But even then, it's kind of a low risk, high reward deal anyway. When you really think about it, you know, seven million dollars for for a, a rotation piece is not a lot of money. I mean, granted, you know, there's there's other guys that I mean, you know, when you compare to what the rotation's making, it, it's you know low risk, high reward. So I mean, I think all in, you know, it's not a bad deal. And if if dude makes his like like Cody said walks on and makes the roster. I mean, that's why you sign a major league deal and he gets his incentive for that. And then he makes his rotation rounds. I think it's all in a good thing. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, this dude's stuff is good. It's really good stuff. And he fits a need that they had, which was left-handed. They got that with him. He's got filthy stuff. It makes sense on both ends if it works out. And if it doesn't, I mean, look what happened with Noah Syndergaard didn't work out. They were able to move on and it, they still won a hundred games. So I think at all in it's a low risk, high reward deal. Um, there you have it. I, I want to go to the comment section with uh Dennis Gonzalez here. All due respect to Jock, he wasn't the best Dodger to wear number 31. That is true. Uh, and he's referencing to Mike Piazza. Um, Dennis, I, I read your comment because I think it's going to lead us to our next topic. So they announced the numbers that uh some Dodgers are going to be wearing uh this year. Uh, and Manuel Margot, your guys' is all favorite, is going to be wearing number 25. But Bobby Miller is wearing number 28, and he's got a lot of pressure on him because number 28, that's a very important number to me. It's, uh, it's one of the greatest Dodgers ever. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves, and that's Pedro Guerrero's number. When you say number 28, that was Pedro Guerrero. We had Jose Mota on, and Jose you know, vouched and said that Pedro Guerrero was a hitting machine. And unfortunately he was shipped out because of that red ass Kirk Gibson. He didn't like him. So, so Pedro Guerrero got, got shipped out, but uh, Alonso, your thoughts on, on Bobby Miller going with the 28. Do you think he chose that number or are they just, you, you look like a 28 because you know what we've had, you know, 28 is J.D. JD Martinez wore that number, and that normally that number is associated for a slugger in, in the Dodgers organization. Uh, 
What, what are your thoughts on Bobby Miller rocking the 28? He's got a big league number. That means he's a big leaguer. And so that's that's when you know you've you've arrived. When you when you got a big league number, it's not 88, it's not 85. I know Justin May kept decided to keep 85, but uh but I mean he's got a big league number. So I mean there is there, you know, there might be a little bit of pressure there, but you know, if Bobby kind of goes out and does what what we all kind of expect him to do, I think he'll earn, you know, that rite of passage, go into the big league number and, and earning his keep. Um, I, I don't know if Cody knows who Pedro Guerrero is though, because he was like three when he played. So it's super possible that that went right over his head. And and Juan, there's been some great twenty eights, right? I mean Yeah, Pedro Guerrero. Andrew Heaney, Shane Green, Tyler White, Franklin Gutierrez. Tyler White, that's the name I hadn't Justin, heard in a while. Justin Sellers. Oh, Andy LaRoche. How dare you, sir? How Jason, dare you? Jason Worth. Frenchy Ward 28? No, shit. Okay, well, there you go. How how dare you? And like Moose said, Pedro Guerrero was a beast, and you're right, Moose. Do you know who uh, – here's Moose's comment. Remember when Guerrero threw the bat at the pitcher? You know what pitcher that was? That was David Cohn of the New York Metropolitans. I, I forgot one of, the, one of the greats, too. Um had that great walk-up song, Rod Barajas. Didn't he walk into the that uh, Cholo, uh, Walk Like a Cholo song or something like that? I will not allow you to put that level of disrespect on Pedro Guerrero, my friend. Pedro Guerrero is a great Dodger. He deserves to be. I, I wish he was remembered more. And here comes Jose Ayala with Brad Penny at number 31. I, I just hope El Padrino's not listening to the show or watching the show right now. Because when you mentioned Brad Penny, you just upset El Padrino Ned Coletti. So, uh, Cody, do you know who Pedro Guerrero is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we, we forget about him. He wasn't even a thought in his parents. I'm young. I'm young at that time. Like, (laughs) Pedro Guerrero was a very important part of the 1981 team, a team that he was one of the World Series MVPs. See, this is the problem when we don't. You no, know, Juan's very him. passionate. I don't think Bobby Miller should be wearing this number. I, I don't think he should. Next time, <laughs> when you go to the clubhouse next time, ask him why the fuck are you wearing twenty eight. Uh, you're you're damn right. I'm going to tell him that. <laughs> if I would have known when we saw him uh, in in in, in uh, Monterrey, no, not Monterrey, in Monterey Park. If I would have known that he was going to wear twenty eight, that was going to be my first question to him. Maybe like, excuse me, sir, do you think you're Dominican? What gives you the right? to wear number 28 but yeah if i see him this season you're damn right i'm gonna ask him hey why are you wearing 28 that is pedro guerrero's number again i'm just putting it out there dodgers would it hurt you to bring back the guy because canelo doesn't even know who pedro guerrero is (laughs) and that's a disservice that you guys are doing because like moose said guerrero was a beast uh, and he's fab- fantastic. Uh, you know what I, I thought wanna... of when, when uh, Jose Ayala threw up and Brad Penny wore number 31? The key and peel bit when he's doing the names and he just throws all the shit off of the desk. That was Coletti <laughs> when he saw that. And, just and, losing his damn mind. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. And don't mention what Guerrero said to Steve Sachs because he's not buying that either. There it is. If you guys don't get that reference, go back to the episode when we had Steve Sachs on and Babyface had one of the great uh, interview moments uh, on the on the history of this show. I, I love it. It's worth it. I think Oscar Basulto, who was on, I don't know if you're still on the live, he knows that that moment there. Uh, 
the ghost of Al Davis, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Raider, Philip Lopez, Bobby Miller going to throw a heater to Juan's head Deserve. for coming at him sideways. Deserve. Uh, the ghost of Al Davis had a, uh, a question earlier. He's very excited about the promotional giveaways, in particular, all the bobbleheads. And I know that you guys on the live had mentioned uh, Babyface. Do you have a list of all the uh, promotional giveaways or anything like that? Because I know there's a lot of bobbleheads uh, that are going to be given out. Let me pull it up. But yeah, I mean, you got Glass now, a couple of Shohei's. Jason Hayward, uh, Mookie, Freddie. Um, I mean, pretty much uh, there's a nice uh, Gratterall one that came out. That one looks pretty pretty clean. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I think it's like 18 total bobbleheads and some other stuff. Let me pull it up real quick. That Star Wars one where the Falcon. It's, it's hovering over Dodger Stadium. I don't like Star Wars, but that's hard. I, I, I may have to go get that one. <laughs> I, I want to go back to the chat. Oscar Basulto backing me up here. Trucha Babyface, Steve Sachs has been activated. Um, Mr. Seabad, the 81 team doesn't win the World Series without Ron Say or Pete Guerrero's clutch hitting. Um, so, look, I'm just telling you guys, you guys need to put some respect on Pedro Guerrero's name. The guy is a stud, and uh, and he used to wear those beautiful majestic jerseys. You guys remember? You guys all hate the Nike jerseys. All I hear is how everybody loves the majestic jerseys, but Pedro Guerrero used to wear the majestic. Every time uh, I get on Twitter, Cody gets angry at a new Nike jersey. Every single time. Like every time. Every time. You gotta you gotta agree with me. The one I tweeted out today, the Phillies rumored City Connect uniform is pretty bad. I'm it not a huge bad. fan of the City Connect ones. Some some of those City Connect ones are, are trash. But I, so I will agree with you on that. But uh but I, I yeah, that Philly one was that's that's tough that's tough look i i think the 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 marlins of miami's city connect i like that because it's a reference it's a it's an homage to the cuban team um and i think uh, las medias blancas uh their 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 jersey i think is clean their city but i i don't know is that still real there cody that is that really the philly city connect jersey Uh, from all points so like my my one friend writes for Philly's blog. They, those guys were trying to like check their sources with it for because every year I guess there's a there's like a booklet that's released for what the teams are going to be wearing, and obviously the City Connect one should be in there, and they haven't confirmed or denied, but it looks pretty legit. And there was a lot of leaks. They were saying it's going to be after the the, the Philadelphia um, City's flag, which is the blue and yellow. I think they were trying to switch up it a little bit because if they did it in all yellow colorway, it would look very similar to the Boston Red Sox City Connect unis, which is literally all yellow and baby blue. This one, it's baby blue and slight yellow. So um, honestly, I I don't like it. I agree with Alonzo. I think I tweeted, I said the City Connect was a really good concept, but I just feel like they dropped the ball so bad with a lot of these jerseys and, you know, give it up to angel fans. Cause I actually think the angels have the best city connect uniform that, that uniform that they have is very, it, it is the cleanest one out of all of them. I, I like the Miami Marlins one too, but the angels, you know, let's, let's give them some wins. They have that Jersey, you know, Otani won't be in that Jersey anymore, but they have that Jersey. So the Seattle Here comes Canelo, the, Canelo, the angel fan. Next thing we know, he's going <laughs> to, He's going to talk about Anthony Rendon and how great he is. Hey, Juan. Uh, well, I, yes, sir. I was going to tell you, uh, I got put up some of the more bobbleheads, but there's been 
a lot of buzz of, on a couple of them. There's going to be a Sandy Koufax one, which is always pretty cool. But they're also going to have a Dusty Baker one and a Matt Kemp one. That so, Dusty Baker one, I'm stoked about. So the Dusty Baker, a lot of people are thinking, are they adding him to the Dodgers Legends? Um, probably. That no, he's there. not an Astro. Yeah, probably. And and then and then to see Matt Kemp, I mean, it, it's good to see that Matt Kemp. They're, they're going to keep him in the fold. So it, yeah, you know, they're doing a bobblehead for him. So he was a part of you know the team years past. So. Looks like that he's somebody that they want to keep in the fold going forward. I'm surprised there's not more outrage on the chat that they basically use the Andre Ether bobblehead and are selling it as Otani. Like, you guys aren't <laughs> upset about that? I, I mean, it's basically, you guys are getting an Andre Ether bobblehead and they're calling it Otani. That I, I'm, I'm just putting it out there, guys. Remember how earlier you said there was a lot of random strays today? I didn't think Andre Ethier was going to catch a stray on this show, but alas, here we are. That is not a nominee for the Danny Duffy Award. That 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 is reserved for some other people. But in terms of the City Connect jerseys, I'm seeing in the chat there was a lot of love for the Nationals uh, uh, City Connect jersey, which of course they've gotten rid of. Why would they? Well, That's why I said I said Nike's just catching strays for me. They yeah. got rid of one of their better ones. While well, I was in Seattle, I saw the Seattle Mariners City Connect one. It's actually not bad, aside from the yellow belt that they got to wear with the uniform. That's not a bad uniform. But Canelo, that's your neighborhood. Why are they getting rid of that jersey? You know, I don't know because it makes sense. Just because if you're gonna go, I, that's why I feel like the City Connect uniforms aren't popular. Just because they stray so far away from the team, because they're going more with the city and and the cherry blossom is a huge thing, not only just on the East Coast, but specifically that DC Maryland area. Like it, it that's like that's like a the the I think that's the state tree and. Um, it makes sense with the uniforms. It's it's different. It's unique, and for a team that is desperate to like have something special going on with it while they're in the midst of a rebuild, it was a nice uniform. Um, I just don't agree with all the stuff Nike's incorporating, where only each team can only have four jerseys max. If you have the City Connect, then it's four plus one. Um, it it, re- it really limits creativity. It really limits like those throwback traditional uniforms. Um, that I would love to see a lot of other teams, you know, wear, you know, and then you see some of the other changes they make to the Yankees uniform, making it pretty much taking the most plain uniform in baseball, making it plainer with their away, taking away the the white piping around, which let, let's bring that back for the Dodgers. Bring back the white outline for the Dodgers unions because that was a good look and it would look good today. I, I, I don't understand you, Canelo. That is a jersey from when Pedro Guerrero played. You remember the jersey, but you don't remember Pedro Guerrero. I remember and Oral I Hershiser. It looked good on him. I think it would look good today. So I agree with you a thousand percent. That should be their road jersey. Why they ever went away from that, I'll, I'll never understand. But that that jersey was so clean. The, uh, the Braves, uh, that Braves jersey isn't bad either. They just screwed up the hat. The hat looked dumb. But other than that, that's actually not a bad uniform. Yeah, that, that one looked really good too, yeah. Uh, I want to. I know a lot of you are bringing this up in the chat, and it was one of the topics on the show, so let's just go into it right now. Um, the Jackie Robinson statue uh, that was, I don't know how, wh- how you want to break it down, that it was stolen, that it was basically, I mean, they cut off the statue at its at its feet the only thing that was left there 
were its feet. Uh, I do have an update on that story, and that is uh, the commissioner's office and all 30 Major League Baseball clubs have committed funding towards the cost of replacing uh, the statue and providing other means of support for League 42. Um, uh, you guys' thoughts, uh, uh, Alonzo, did you see that story? Uh, from my understanding is the the statue was melted actually i is is the what i read in the story but why these guys would decide to to steal that kind of that statue is is beyond me so apparently it was the fire crews found the burned remnants of the statue on tuesday while responding to a trash can fire at another park like 5 or 6 miles away um and the truck that was believed uh to be a part of that theft was also found abandoned uh, there as well. So, and apparently, but you know was, what? That's not right. Just because no. it's a trash can fire, that was the angels' practice. They were practicing there, and you for them to—that's so disrespectful that they called it a trash can fire. I digress. <laughs> um, and apparently, the theft was caught on surveillance video. So, to whoever caught that, fuck you. I can't wait for you to get your shit. But, um, but it, it, that's just terrible. That's a terrible thing. That park. Uh, you know, obviously, it was created with the sense of community, with with immortalizing Jackie Robinson. Uh, where, like, I think it's something like five or six hundred kids played a little league baseball there. So, I mean, all in all, it's a great thing for the community. And they've literally sawed it at the ankles, like they sawed it off, threw it in this truck. And and I mean, obviously, we don't know the motive of it yet. You know, but regardless, the the optics of it are just not good. It's it's abhorrent, and uh, and definitely something that that no one should condone in any way, shape or form, even if it was a prank gone awry. That's the worst kind of prank you can do. You know, when I initially heard the story, I thought that that statue was in front of the Negro Museum, uh, the Negro Baseball League uh, Museum. And then I found out later on it was for League 42. Um, Canelo, I, I, I think the fact that it's Jackie Robinson, does that not sting a little more that it's just like, you guys are fucking with Jackie Robinson? Yeah, you know, it, it stings if you're a Dodgers fan. It stings if you're just, like, a person, I guess. Because, you know, we don't know who did it. We don't know what their intentions were, whether it was racism, hate, a prank going awry. It's just something that shouldn't happen. It, that that shouldn't be something that goes through your mind that says, I, uh, hey, a couple of my buddies and I, are, we're going to go statue topping, you know. This isn't, you know, Soviet Russia. We're not doing stuff over there. So, but... Yeah, it, it is a bad situation. Um, I hope whoever did it did, did does get caught. Um, and, you know, honestly, they, they need to be brought forward. You know, even like people need to know that this stuff isn't tolerated, um, especially that it was at you said it was at a the, the 42 thing, with which is where the kids play and everything. It, it's just not good because, you know, you know, how are you going to grow the game when you're taking your you're pretty much taking a really good environment and then bringing crime and stuff like that to it. So, and that's obviously, you know, I wrote an article about Jackie Robinson on Martin Luther King day. You know, that's one of the things, you know, he wanted to help out with, not just with baseball, but pretty much crime. And then make, making sure everything was a safe place for not only baseball, but the communities that he was impacting as well. So um, yeah, it is a big deal. I, a lot more people need to talk about. It's good that major league baseball, they're all pitching in to replace this statue, which I think should be warranted by them. I think they should take action. So um, I think that's good that we kind of have um, everyone in baseball coming together with that. And an update uh, on that too, donations have poured in to replace that statue. Uh, there's an online fundraiser that surpassed $140,000 on that. 
uh, with some major leaguers even contributing. So, so at least that's, you know, I think the, the replaced like, estimated cost was like 75. So they've obviously surpassed that. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, that is excellent nudes. Uh, uh, Mr. Seabed, I think is right. Uh, if, if they ever did anything to the Jackie, yeah, I think the Jackie Robinson statue at Dodger Stadium is, is beautiful. If anybody ever messed with that stadium, there would be a riot in Los Angeles. I mean, shit would be burning down. You would basically see mobs, all these vigilantes on the streets trying to find whoever did this. Uh, I, I want the end. I want to end the show on this now that we're talking about statues because uh, Kobe Bryant's statue will be unveiled, um, I believe, next week uh, here in Los Angeles. The Dodgers have two statues. Um, they have uh, Sandy Koufax and they have Jackie Robinson. Um, who knows uh, when another statue is going to go up, but I, I think there is going to be another statue that will go up at Dodger Stadium. I love, for those of you who haven't been to Camden Yards, Canelo, you've been to Camden, right? Yes, I've been there. I, like what they, what they have, what do they call that section where all the statues are for the Oriole players? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I do know what you're talking about. It is a great scenery. If anyone's on the East Coast and wants to go to Camden Yards, don't even just go for the baseball game. Just go for the experience and walking around that stadium. It is a beautiful stadium. Um, but yeah, it, it the statues there, that's the one thing that surprised me about Dodger Stadium is just statues being at the ballpark is something relatively new, where for whatever reason, most East Coast stadiums that I've been to, whether it's Yankee Stadium, uh, Citizens Bank Park for the Phillies, and Camden Yards, it's statues galore over there. So, I mean, I guess it's to interpretation for each fan base, but um, you can continue on. Now, do you well, think, I, Juan, I, real, do you think yes, they'll, they'll continue to put them in that center field plaza or they'll start moving them around the stadium? Like on I, I think they're going to I think eventually they're going to have to move them around because I just don't think the thing is, is I think there's a lot. I, I don't know the number that, that the Orioles have, but it seems like there's a lot of statues. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Orioles have uh, they also have outside of the stadium in Cannon Yards. There's a Brooks Robinson one yes. that's in front of the stadium. And don't they have a Babe Ruth one also? In, yeah. in in Baltimore. So the thing is, is I don't think there's just going to be enough room in the center field plaza. So they are going to, I could see them, like I can see already in, in the chat, everybody's bringing up Vin Scully. I could see them maybe doing uh, Vin Scully the way the Lakers did Chick Hearn uh, outside of crypto. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Chick Hearn one, I think it's, I think it's very smart what they did. You could literally sit next to Chick Hearn. It's like, you know, it's a great picture. I don't know if they'll do that with Vin just because Vin basically did the games by themselves, but I definitely think Vin Scully is somebody who will be a candidate for a statue. What will they do next? Uh, I had a theory that, you know, they started with Jackie Robinson and then they started with Koufax. Are they going to go by eras? And if they go by eras, like Koufax is the sixties. Does that mean you go to the seventies? And if you go to the seventies, I think, the infield is definitely our candidates for a statue. And like, when do you do honor Vin? Like Vin isn't an era, isn't a part of eras. Vin is a whole era. Like, like, do you do Vin next? It, it, it is interesting. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Mr. Seabed. That's what I think. 
if they did the infield, it would be as a group. It would be Garvey, Lopes, Russell, and, and Say. Um, is And so it, it is interesting how, how they would do it, but I do feel, I think maybe that is what has touched a nerve with the Jackie Robinson statue going down. It's so interesting to me that because I feel like statues are such, just go with baseball. Am I wrong there, Alonzo? Is it just a symbol of history, and that's why it kind of touches a nerve? I mean, baseball baseball is a history book, right? I mean, we still talk about Babe Ruth today. So so it absolutely is it's just another kind of, you know, I mean, for instance, if they were to ever give Pedro Guerrero a statue, we could show Cody who Pedro Guerrero is with a statue. <laughs> and so so it's, I mean, that's what it does, right, is it comes full circle and it shows everyone, uh, you know, kind of those eras. Like, I think that the infield is one of my favorite bobbleheads that I have. That That's one of the, the sickest bobbleheads and kind of concepts ever. And I think that would make out to be a fantastic statue. Um, you know, and, 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 I mean, the, 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 if you ever are in Baltimore, go to Utah street and, and look at those statues. Cause they got Brooks Robinson. They got Cal Ripken, Jim Palmer, Eddie Murray. Uh, yep. um, and I think Earl Weaver out there with, uh, with Brooks and with Frank. Uh, like it's, it's just, it's great how they did it. I mean, and, and also Camden Yards is an underrated ballpark. Go if you've never been. Um, but, uh, but I think either way, I mean, we've, we had a, a oh man, her name escapes me right now. The planner. We had her on a couple seasons ago. Um, oh, uh, Smith, isn't it? Babyface uh, isn't. Janet Marie Smith. Janet Marie yeah, Smith. Janet Marie Smith, yeah. I mean, they're being pragmatic with how they go about any of that to begin with. And so, I mean, obviously the Dodgers are a storied franchise, so the infield makes a lot of sense. Tommy Lasorda makes a lot of sense at some point to get a statue. Uh, Vince Scully makes a lot of sense. And we haven't even gotten to the modern era because, I mean, at some point, you know, Clayton Kershaw is probably going to get a statue. And so, you know, as we move ahead, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of candidates. But I think I, I think what would be cool, kind of like the Chick Hearn thing, like there's a bobblehead that they did of Vin where he's sitting at, a, at his desk and he's calling the game. That's, I, I think, would be a, a really good, not, not to say I'm, I'm an artist by any way, but like that's the way I would conceptualize wanting to see Vin in a way like that where it's also a photo op like they did with Chick. But I think it'd be cool. Uh, Canelo, since uh, baseball started, I believe, in 2000 for you, who would you like to see uh, a, a statue of? Oh, man, you put me on the spot here. No, I, I agree with the Vin thing. I feel like that one makes too much sense just because of how long he was involved with the Dodgers. Plus, that's something that you could do unique throughout. You can put him anywhere throughout the stadium pretty much. Um, and like you said, you know, the Centerville Plaza, you know, there's really not much space you could do with that. There's really not much space you could do outside the stadium. Like a lot of these other stadiums that like we're talking about, like Camden, you know, even Citizens Bank Park, uh, like Fenway, Yankee Stadium, like they have like the walkways because they're pretty mm-hmm. much these stadiums are in the city. Like so people are seeing these on a daily basis where Dodger Stadium is kind of remote. Like you got to you got to yeah. get there. So there's really not much they can do with putting statues around like the walkways of the stadium, it would kind of just look out of place, I guess. Um, obviously, the ideal candidate for modern baseball, it's obviously Clint Kershaw. When I think of watching baseball, that's the first guy I think of, like of what got me into watching the Dodgers in the first place. Um, he would, He's definitely obviously going to get a statue someday. Um, it just depends on how are they going to do it. Is, are they going to do the iconic no-hitter pose? Are they going to do his wind-up? Like, it, there's so many options you can think of. Uh, when it comes to Kershaw. 
No, I think definitely. Like I think Dennis Gonzalez uh, nailed it here with the candidates: Vince Scully, Fernando Kershaw, uh, Tommy Lasorda. I saw Tommy Lasorda a lot uh, uh, on, on the chat. It's amazing to me. Uh, Dennis brings up Roy Campanella. I mean, there's a Roy Campanella Award. I, I feel like that guy doesn't get his due in, in Dodger history, and and uh, he should be. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, uh, and I, I just. We don't talk enough about Roy Campanella. Uh, Denny, uh, Denny Cortez here. What about the Zen Garden? Uh, does that get revived now that we have the best Japanese baseball player? That is very interesting. You bring that up, Denny, because that garden is closed and it's <laughs> right before it's right behind the parking lot. When you when you enter over by the police academy entrance, that garden used to be open and, and they closed it. So. I am curious if they would decide to do that with Yamamoto and Otani here. Um, the right field pavilion, and right there, uh, this might be comment of the night, at least a nominee there. Franklin Stubbs will get the next statue. Cody, Franklin Stubbs is the guy who played on the 1988 team and wore a majestic jersey. He's no Pedro Guerrero, but he was an important part of that 1988 team. Uh, Mr. Seabad, uh, Lance Lynn statue that spits out pitches so we can all hit tape measure home runs. That's Lance, a Lynn, <laughs> Lance Lynn statue, because without his sacrifice of giving up three home runs, I don't think the Dodgers would have been a desperate to sign all these guys. So you should build a statue for him. It's also cold blooded that they're saying that to Lance Lynn's Lance Lynn's face right now. That's cold. blooded. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, th- th- that's a nominee for the Danny Duffy award uh, tonight. Uh, Mr. Seabed. <laughs> and Franklin Stubbs going back from, he was 22 before 22 became 22. That is true. So when they do retire 22, Franklin Stubbs is going to be able to tell everybody. My jersey got retired, just like Geeka tells everybody. My my jersey's hanging up at Dodger Stadium. Um, that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. We want to thank you all for joining us. Again, uh, as soon as this live ends, we will be premiering our interview with James Outman. So make sure you guys are subscribed on the YouTube. Uh, send us comments. Um, Michael Negrete, you're right. Maybe a, I don't think they'll put a Danny Duffy statue at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> But if we ever build the Bleed Low Studios, I I think we should have a Danny Duffy statue uh, just so people could know he was real. Uh, You know what, Dennis? I I don't know if you put it at Dodger Stadium, but Tommy John, it's interesting because I think Tommy John gets more recognition for the surgery now as opposed to his career. I mean, that's how how Cody knows him. One of right? my favorite, I don't like autographs. These baseballs that are behind me are autographed. And one of the autographs I have is Tommy John because that, like, it, that, the contribution to the game that that dude has made is him and, 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 uh, and, uh, oh shit, uh, Andrew, uh, oh, what's the, the surgeon's name? I forget his name. It's, it's, I'm spacing it right now. That's just, uh, no, uh, the dude that did the Tommy John, um, uh, oh man, forgetting his name. Uh, I, I know who you're talking about, but finish your sentence. Anyway, uh, that dude should absolutely build him a statue at every single stadium because that dude's, I mean, Dustin May's got two of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> James Andrews. James Andrews. That's who. It is. Yes, Dr. James Andrews. There you go. Good call. Frank, Frank, uh, Frank, 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 Frank Tommy Jones statues. Frank Joe. 
That's so was it two of them? Was it Job and Andrews? He's the one that devised that procedure. Yeah, Frank Job. I love that, Mr. Seabad. A lot of baby Dodger fans were conceived in that Japanese garden. Uh, it, it is. It's it's hidden. I'm sure there was a lot of action in that going in there because it was hidden and it was super dark, especially during a weeknight. Um, that 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 I'm sure it got a lot of action. Oscar Basulto. I I think this is a great idea. I don't know if it would ever happen, but some sort of, I don't know, monument uh, to acknowledge the Chavez Ravine neighborhoods. That actually would really. Uh, uh, I think it would, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the Dodgers would go near that. And that is that there's the three neighborhoods there, Palo Verde, La Loma and Bishop. Uh, I, I, yeah, uh, I, I, I love that idea. I don't know if they would do it, but anyways, again, Thank you guys so much. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the James Outman interview. It is premiering next. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis, conela, mis colegas Canelo and Alonzo and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.